coming to you from a vision for you beginning this Sunday, December 30th at 8.30 a.m., keynote presentation, answering the question of why. Our guest speaker is a recovered compulsive overeater, big book teacher from Arizona. Then Tuesday, January 1, a Vision for You special edition event, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, Big Book Study. Following at 8.15 a.m. speaker meeting, topic, Freedom from the Four Horsemen, presented by a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. 9.15, our second guest speaker, Focus, a Simple Solution to a Simple Problem. Presented by a recovered compulsive overeater from Minnesota. Then Sunday, January 6, 8.30 a.m., Attitude of Gratitude is a powerful opportunity. Join us, a vision for you where the big book is alive. Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Janice, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is this Thursday, December 27, 2012. We are reading from the big book, and we are beginning today in Chapter 7, Working with Others, beginning with that very first paragraph that starts Practical Experience Shows. The reference number, the share code for yesterday which was Wednesday, December 26th, is 3567. That's 3567. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience and strength and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffered. At Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I would now like to ask Irini to please read the 12 steps. Thank you, Janice. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini, and I'm a very grateful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being 
the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I thank you and I pass. Thank you, Edini. I'd now like to ask Margaret to please read the 12 traditions for us. Thank you, Janice. Good morning, a vision for you. My name is Margaret, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Illinois. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Margaret. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request 
that you're sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book, and we are beginning today on page 89, chapter 7, Working with Others. And I'd like to ask Esther to please start us out. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, A Vision for You. My name is Esther, and I'm a compulsive overeater in Canada. Chapter 7, Working with Others. Practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. It works when other activities fail. This is our 12th suggestion. Carry this message to other alcoholics. You can help when no one else can. You can secure their confidence when others fail. Remember, they are very ill. So this paragraph is beginning the chapter, which is going to teach me about step 12, which is carrying the message. So the the first part of um, step 12 reads, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters. So which message am I carrying? This message. And so what's this message? This message is that we've had a spiritual awakening as a result of the 12 steps. That's the only message that I have to offer, and, and that's really the, the central message of the big book. Um, we, I don't carry the message of a certain way of eating, and I'm not carrying a message of you know, fellowship and activities. It's just simply having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. And it's once we've completed the steps, one, you know, 1 through 11, that we're ready to offer it to others. Now, I I could be in the middle of some steps and be very excited about the changes I'm starting to see in my life. You know, things are getting a little better. But at that point, I wasn't ready to carry the message to others. The most that I could do is maybe carry others to the message by telling them, oh, why don't you get on this meeting? I think you'll like what you hear. Or, you know, maybe you want to pick up a copy of the big book and and join me in in my journey. But I'm ready to carry the message, what what we call sponsorship, when I've completed the steps and, and had that psychic change. And there are no other qualifications that I need to carry the message, meaning I don't need to be you know, have a certain level of intelligence or be articulate. I've only, I, the only thing I need to do is have done the work and experience that psychic change. And just the fact that I've been where, where you, the newcomer, have been, and, and this is what I learned and, and this is what I did and this is what God can do for those of us who live in sync with his will, this is um, the message that I, that I carry, and that's what I'm going to learn in this chapter, how to bring hope and light to the compulsive overeater who's still suffering. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Esther. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Press star 1 to unmute. Hi, this is Kim. Go ahead, Miss Kim. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, my fellows. Excitement, excitement. We are at beginning yet another chapter, working with others. And um, I think that Esther put it so beautifully. You know, these steps are in order for a reason. So when do we carry this message? After we've had that spiritual awakening. Because what is the goal of this program? 
what is the aim of this program? Is the aim of this program to fit in a certain pair of jeans? Is the aim of this program to be accident only? No, the aim, which they told us in the forward to the first edition, is we of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women who have recovered, recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. So the allergy of the body is handled through the elimination of our binge food. But the obsession of the mind is, is re removed when we finish these steps. So now we are ready to carry this message. And how exciting that is. How exciting that is. You know, it works when other activities fail. You know, and Bill, who got sober in December of 1934, he went out and he tried to carry this message. He was carrying the solution only. He wasn't telling people about the problem. And people weren't getting sober. And he went to his wife and he said, Lois, what's going on? I can't, I, I'm not getting anyone else sober. But she said, but Bill, you're staying sober. You're staying sober. So that's one of the main reasons I carry this message. Because I carry this message so that I can maintain, I can stay recovered. And it says in the 12th step, we try to carry this message. Whether or not it's received is none of our, mis our, our business. It doesn't say we carry the compulsive overeater. It says we carry this message. We can help, you can help when no one else can. And that is because it's not a psychiatrist lecturing at us. It's not a doctor telling us all our numbers on our blood pressure and our diabetes numbers. But someone's coming in and someone's telling our story through telling their story. They're telling us about the disease. We're telling them about the futility and the fatality of this nature, of this disease. And how do we learn how to carry that message? By going through this process ourselves. And then at that point, we're bursting at the seams, bursting at the seams to go out and carry this message to other alcoholics. And how exciting it is to enter this chapter after we started this journey in July 18, 2012 in this book. Thank you, and um, with that, I pass. <clears throat> Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Penny um, C. here. Go ahead, Penny. Hi, my name is Penny Penny, I was going to say my whole name, my Penny C. from Massachusetts. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. You can help when no one else can. What a responsibility and what a privilege and, and what a joy that, that this is saying to me. I can help someone else when, when I'm the only one maybe in a group that can help somebody else. This reminds me of... Um, the organ transplant donor, the organ donor who is told that of all the people tested to give an organ, let's say a kidney, to somebody else, you're the only one who matches. You're the only one who can save this other person's life. And the responsibility here is, is pretty much the same to me. I'm the only one that can save someone else's life, save another compulsive overeater from from the the destruction and the the the, the fatal disease of compulsive overeating. Then you know how how can I live with myself if I don't show up and do the work that the twelfth step tells me to do? It just um, it's that simple to me. So I do my best to do that without preaching, without, um, you know, 
well, just by by example, and and by offering my experience, strength, and hope, and and just praying that the compulsive overeater who still suffers is is ready and willing to listen and and um, you know accept the help that I can give. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Penny. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Melanie. Go ahead, Melanie. Hi, good morning. This is Melanie, a recovered compulsive overeater in Minnesota. And um, I read this, and it's a wonderful entry into the instructions and experience that will come in the next paragraphs and the next pages. Yet I bring it down to a practical level and have many times, and especially, especially, because now I'm living life and um, unprotected, uncovered from um, my intoxication, which was my food ingestion. And so practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive, big word for me, work with other alcoholics. In those moments, I was learning how to not pick up food. What in the world am I going to do? What am I going to do? You know, oh, I think I'll go shopping. Oh, I think I will, um, you know, do some other kind of, you know, crazy over-the-top behavior and build a new coexisting problem. And the big book tells me right here what I can do, and I can, I can even, I can't even tell you how many times I had to employ this and continue to employ this in those moments when my mind starts chattering and the emotions start going. What? is going to happen. God give me the right thought and the right action and another person to be able to pass this miracle on to. And I use that frequently on a personal level, frequently this first sentence. And then it goes on to tell me that I have an ex- some experience to pass on to that person that's still suffering in that moment when there is abstinence, in that moment when the bite was not picked up but rather the phone. And in that moment, the instant it starts, I have something to give away. Well, wait, wait. You know, I've only been doing this deal a few hours, a few days. I don't have anything to give. I'm still such a mess. I'm still so crazy in the head. No, I'm reminded by my fellows that I have something to give. Not only do I have something to give, it is my responsibility. It ensures my, my moments, my future, my transformation, and it provides hope hope to another person that, in fact, the truth is you too can recover from the seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Melanie. This is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. You know, I love this paragraph on so many different levels. You know, I we, we ended yesterday with that little sentence at the end of, of uh, page 88 that says faith without works is dead. You know, if if I am indeed practicing these steps now, if I am indeed through the working, the mechanics of these steps, then I have gotten to this place where where I've begun to feel this inner sense of, of God's spirit and of, of living in a spiritual awakening state. You know, that, that I know now things that I could not know and see before. You know, so I, I learned that by listening. I learned it by watching the example of other people, and now I'm going to learn it by experience. 
you know, by the very experience that those people who carried the message to me showed me and taught me. You know, it says this practical experience of carrying the message is going to ensure my immunity from picking up that first compulsive bite. You know, that immunity that, that I sorely need one day at a time. You know, for this 24 hours, that intensive work with other alcoholics is going to ensure my immunity. It works, it says, when other activities fail. When the other things that I always tried so hard to keep me away from the food, now I'm going to find that carrying the message that I have had this spiritual awakening, that's what's going to be my immunity. You know, it says you can help when no one else can. You can help when no one else can. And that was my experience. You know, people could tell me and tell me and tell me and tell me. They could point things out to me. They could see things that I couldn't see. But it wasn't until someone in whom the problem had been solved stood before me telling me her story, showing me what had happened to her, that like Melanie just said, I began to have hope that perhaps it could work for me too. But I needed somebody who'd been in the trenches with me, somebody who had experienced the horrific hell of compulsive overeating, just like I did. You can secure their confidence when others fail because you can show them something that no one else can show them, that you've been where they are and have found a way out. You know, it says, remember, they are very ill. They are very ill like I was very ill. You know, and, and this paragraph shines the light on how it's going to be for me from here on out. You know, what's going to ensure my immunity one day at a time? And it's going to be a privilege and an honor. And it's going to make me happy. <laughs> it's going to make me happy to do this. They're going to start showing me the working mechanics of step 12. You know, thank you, God. And with that, I'll pass. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Sarah and Leah. Go ahead, Sarah, and then Leah. Well, it's it's a little hard to share because everybody said what I wanted to say, but there's just a couple of things that I wanted to point out here. Um, practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. It works when other activities fail. Um, you know, it, and the whole paragraph. So just... Um, in reading this whole paragraph, it makes me think back to the promises where it says on page 84, no matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. You know, um, this book, first it says practical experience. It's saying that this is not some, you know, we're not passing over knowledge. This is our experience. This is what happened for us. It's true because we know it's true because this is what we've lived. And we've lived, you know, overcoming the feelings of uselessness and self-pity that that when in our bitter morass of quicksand, um, that these steps have taken us out of that. And this work has taken us out of that quicksand and we don't have to, you know, in, in going through all these steps and we can have this whole transformation, we might think that, um, you know, God has saved me, 
but I, you know, how can I help other people? You know, I'm still, that feeling of, of uselessness and self-pity can still be there of like, you know, I'm still not good enough. Um, and this this is showing me that I am good enough and I have something that no one else can give. My experience is unique to me and I have to give my my experience that that's not that's a level of knowledge that no book can give and it's uniquely mine and and it's something that I don't have to feel like there's no you know yes god has transformed my whole um my whole experience but how what's part of that transformation is my whole self image my whole my whole um feelings of self-worth and i can be of use to other people and we pray in the third step prayer, it says, Relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. Don't let me, you know, we're asking God, don't let me um, fall into the pit of not being good enough. And let my experience be a testimony to what you can and have done for me, let that be a testimony to show someone else what's possible for them. Let my experience be a message of hope to those who still suffer and give me, God, the strength to to stand up and be the person that you would have me be, helping others and showing them that they too can recover if they too do what we've done and follow these steps. And it's a beautiful thing, not just to recover from the compulsion to eat, not just the compulsive overeating, but now I can be of service in the world, that my life can take on new meaning, new meaning, and, and, and I can live those promises and be who God would have me be. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Sarah. Go ahead, Leah. Thank you so much. Hi, everybody. Morning, Janice. My name's Leigh. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work without alcoholics. So it's reminding me, it's saying practical experience, that these pages were penned by those who were recovered, and they blazed the trail, and they're being so generous as to uh, teach me the ropes here. So they're saying through their experience, practical experience shows that nothing and nothing means nothing. I mean, <laughs> there's nothing else. Nothing will so much ensure immunity, immunity meaning a defense, a protection against drinking as intensive, and intensive meaning exhaustive and very concentrated work with other alcoholics. So where do we learn this from? I mean, certainly we learn this, as it was mentioned, we learn this from Bill because Bill spent the rest of his life trying to help other alcoholics and trying to uh, build up this fellowship of AA so that you and I could have it today. And during all that period of time, Bill managed to stay sober. Even when he was carrying the message for six months and, and no one got sober, no one stayed sober, no one uh, bought the package, during all that period of time, Bill managed to stay sober. And when he eventually went to Dr. Bob, he went to Dr. Bob not to sober up 
Dr. Bob, although, of course, that did occur. He went to see Dr. Bob to keep Bill Wilson from drinking. That's the self-preservation here. That is the immunity. Um, And if it worked for Bill Wilson in those days and for the rest of Bill Wilson's life, because he did die sober, uh, then surely it will work for us today, and that's why they teach it to me and to all of us. It says, um, carry this message to other alcoholics, exclamation point. (laughs) They're telling me that, you know, since I've had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, that now, Leah Marcus, you are charged with a responsibility. And this responsibility is to carry this message, not my own message, not my own opinion, not my own philosophy, not some other message that I grabbed from some other self-help book, but this message that I've had a spiritual awakening, that I've had a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery, that I have recovered from a seemingly, what seemed to be a hopeless state of mind and body. And why am I charged with this responsibility? Well, we're charged with this responsibility, those of us that are recovered, because we know more about recovery from compulsive overeating than anybody alive, because we're the only people that's done it. You know, so God has equipped us with some very, very unique experience and unique Knowledge to help a very unique group of human beings, compulsive overeaters. And then, of course, it says you can help when no one else can. Again, reminding me I'm charged with the responsibility. I have an obligation here. You can secure their confidence when others fail. Why can we secure confidence? Well, because we are armed with a message of depth and weight. You know, because we carry facts about ourselves. We're not uh, gaining knowledge out of books about other people. This is, the, this is the life I have lived. So the big book is teaching me here that I have this responsibility to say, you know, if you're a compulsive overeater looking for a way out, I know exactly where you're coming from because I was in that quicksand as well. And I came from that too. And I w- found the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, someone handed a big book to me and cracked it open and brought it to life for me. And with the help of that recovered person, to the best of my ability, I applied these same 11 steps in my life. And I had a spiritual awakening, a personality change, and I don't live in the quicksand anymore. And if you don't want to live in the quicksand anymore, and if you don't want to live that life anymore, then you can do what we did. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph before we move on? Yeah, good morning. This is Kathy from Maryland. It's Monica. Go ahead, Kathy, and then Monica. Thank you. Thank you, Janice. Yes, working with others is the only insurance policy we can take out to protect ourselves from from drink, from binging again. Working with others keeps us from the disease amnesia. We all like to think we're cured, that we aren't addicts anymore. Working with others keeps us out of this delusion. Working with others is a reminder of how bad it really was when I was in the disease. The 12th step provides me the opportunity to give back, which has so generously been given to me. This program has given me a life I could have never even dreamed of. I have a beautiful family, a wonderful job, and caring friends. I have God's grace in my life. 
It couldn't. It could not be any better. For you skeptics out there, the promises do come true. I have learned and continue to learn how to live in the world God has placed me in. I've completely changed and continue to evolve and to grow in this program. And I'm shocked at myself and what a happier, calmer person can be. And my true hope is that I can make a difference in someone else's recovery so that this experience of recovery, they too can, they can, too can experience that. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kathy. Go ahead, Monica. Thank you, Janice. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And in this paragraph here, I see hope. You know, I see hope here. And they're telling me practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity and so much and so like um, like I said, you know, immunity, a defense, a protection, a freedom from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. It works when other activities fail. So I like this because experience, what is experience and who are these people talking to us? These are these first one hundred recovered, recovered alcoholics who are passing along their experience. What is their experience? They've been through this from the beginning to the end, and they know how it turns out. And they're telling us, you continue working with this. You do have a message. You have been given a spiritual awakening. You have changed. Your attitude, your thinkings have changed. And you can carry this message to others. I don't know about you, but by this time, I was so excited I want to carry this. This is not a responsibility. This is something, a special gift that God has given, that we can carry this to another suffering compulsive overeater. Remember, they are very ill. And I love how it says, you know, well, this is our 12th suggestion, you know. And then it goes, carry this message to other alcoholics, exclamation point. And I love how they always, you know, they use the word suggestion. But Bill and them, they were very smart because they know that um, our sick minds, you know, we don't want to be told what to do or how to do anything. But it's also suggested that you wear a parachute if you're going to jump out of a plane, you know. And with that, I will pass. Thank you, Monica. Would anyone else like to share in this paragraph? All right, we'll move on to the next paragraph. Katie, would you read that for us? This is Katie, a compulsive overeater in Virginia. Life will take on new meaning. To watch people recover, to see them help others, to watch loneliness vanish, to see a fellowship grow up about you, to have a host of friends. This is an experience you must not miss. We know you will not want to miss it. Frequent contact with newcomers and with each other is the bright spot of our lives. And this is something that, you know, you, you can't buy this. We don't, we don't pay each other to sponsor each other. We don't pay each other to, you know, come and speak at a meeting and to, um, you know, help us go through, you know, step four. We don't, we, we're not psychologists and we're not, um, you know, a diet club. This we do because life has taken on new meaning. We do this because we want to. I want to see what happens to um, my friends as they walk through these holidays and don't pick up the food, as they see what it's like to um, go through, you know, giving birth and 
or the pains of um, some tragic thing and, uh, and to help them walk through those things in recovery. Um, and we don't do this because we gain something, uh, some rich and famous thing. You know, we, we are not on television. We're not in a movie. We get no fame and glory for what we do except the joy of seeing other people recover. And in that process, we recover too, and we stay recovered. Um, and it is, this is, you know, a huge byproduct of this program that you really are not thinking at all about when you're in the gutter of compulsive overeating. You know, you come into uh, these rooms and you want to recover. You're not thinking, oh, boy, I'm going to lose all this weight and I'm going to be happy and then I'm going to want to, you know, do this every day for ad nauseum. No, that sounds like a very scary proposition. And that is why I know that it's a miracle. It's God doing in my life what I cannot do myself because I would not pick this. I didn't lay awake at night in high school and think, you know, when I grow up, I hope when I'm 52, I'm standing in the kitchen and reading from the big book for 30 years. You know, that doesn't sound too attractive. But the life that I live, the other 23 hours of my day, it is so full of freedom that I would never have if I didn't do this. I would never have this life. And the newcomer reminds me that it does not change. It's not like it's easier. Disease is progressive and ugly and awful. And we work with newcomers to remind us who and what we are and where we could be in the blink of an eye. But I do not um, ever want to forget where I came from. And working with newcomers is the way um, that keeps life um breathing into my recovery. Uh, this is something you must not miss. And I am very grateful to be a part of it. That I'll pass. Thank you, Katie. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Barrett from Israel. It's Edini. Oh, hi, Barrett. And then Edini. Hi. Um, the, the essence of the illness is the selfishness, is the me, myself, and I. And since I'm not cured, I really want to make sure that I don't go back there. And the best way to do this is to go out of myself and return back what I received, you know, without any payment and to really be out there and help someone else will really assure that I'm not going to go back to me, myself, and I. And that's what I wish for myself. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Vera. Dirini. Thank you, Janice. Good morning, my spiritual fellows. My name is Irini, a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Life will take on new meaning. Wow. Just saying that, my heart pounds so quickly. When I was into the food, when I was into self-love and riot, When I was in internal chaos and darkness, I had nothing to offer to myself, to God, and to others. 
it is going through these steps, each step that changed who I was to what I am today. I live in peace with myself and others. I live in the light of the Spirit, and I do service to God and to others and take no credit for it. To be selfless, I become available to be an open channel for God. I have a new way of living by acting out God's way and not my ways, by making a difference for others, by carrying the message, and by giving to what was so freely given to me, then the more I am blessed by God and the more I have to offer to others. And there is such joy and such a privilege when others share with me their shift from self to God, from self-centered to God-centered, from I to we, Wow. It's a connection that we feed to one another and that God is in between us. And it's an honor to experience this and that no one should ever miss out on this. I thank you and I pass. Thank you, Irini. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Penny C. here. Here's Monica. Go ahead, Penny. And then Monica and then Robin. Thank you. Thank you very much. This is Penny C., uh, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Massachusetts. This part about watching people recover um, through the years, to, that, that is, that's such a great joy for me, To whether it's in the rooms or it's in, in you know, one-on-one working with people, but to see see the light come back into their eyes and, and the joy of life return I, I just want to read from the AA 12 and 12, talking about this very thing. It says, No satisfaction has been deeper and no joy greater than in a 12-step job well done. To watch the eyes of men and women open with wonder as they move from darkness into light, to see their lives quickly filled with new purpose and meaning, to see whole families reassembled, to see the alcoholic outcast received back into the community in full citizenship, and above all, to watch these people awaken to the presence of a loving God in their lives. These things are the substance of what we receive as we carry AA's message to the next alcoholic. I just wanted to read that because that is such a description of what my experience has been watching other people and and the, the the great satisfaction and the new meaning to my life to know that I've been able to be part of that process for each of the people that I've been able to help. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Penny. Go ahead, Monica. Thank you, Janice. This is Monica again. Life, this paragraph is, I have it highlighted in green, which for me is hope hope and promises. I'm reading and seeing more promises here being given to me as I've gotten to step 12. You know, life will take on new meaning. Yeah, you know, I've gone from that person who was in that seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, cleaned house, um, you know, learned to trust and rely on God by working through the steps, and now it's my turn to serve others. 
and life definitely has taken on new meaning. I've gone from that despairing woman who was hopeless and, and couldn't see anything to someone with a totally new awareness, a spiritual awakening, a new attitude, a new way of thinking. And as a sponsor, to see somebody else go through that process, to recover, to see them recover, to see the changes going on in them. And, and there's nothing like giving a sponsee hope when you can say to them, you know, I see changes in you happening already while they're working through the process. I can hear it in your voice. I see it. Um, to watch loneliness vanish, to see a fellowship grow up about you. You know, before I came in here, I, I always felt kind of lonely. Oh, poor me, I don't really have any really good friend. Well, you know, uh, that's changed. I have so many friends. You know, in each and every one of you is a friend because we have something, we share something that no one else can share with us. You know, out of this despair, out of this crazy disease, um, it gives us it gives us things to have a host of friends, and that's the way I feel today. You know, it's an experience you don't want to miss. You certainly don't. If you have worked through the steps and have gotten a spiritual awakening, how can you not be excited? And you know, I want to do my happy dance all the time and share this with everybody and give this to everybody and hope. There is a way out of this. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. Go ahead, Robin. Good morning. This is Robin. I'm a compulsive overeater. <clears throat> um, you know, I'm pretty pretty lousy at being objective about my life. It's like impossible for me to stand back and look at my life and see what's happened to me. But I can see it in other people. And I can I can watch people and see that as they recover, um, their loneliness vanishes, and I can see a fellowship growing up about us. So I can see that they have a host of friends. And as I watch that, I realize, oh, my gosh, that's happened to me too. I was um, incredibly lonely before I came, before I started working this program, and I didn't know it. I just knew that I was miserable, and um, I had nobody in my life because I had this big, huge wall built up around me. And um, doing doing what this program, you know, suggests I do has opened up this whole new world. But I can't always see it on my own. It takes looking at it through other people's eyes to recognize what's happened to me. And um, it's, you know, the frequent contact with newcomers and with each other is the bright spot of our lives. That's where it happens. That's where this... I mean, I started doing these things because I needed to, because I knew that I was going under quickly and there was a good chance I'd die from this disease. And it was really hard for me to open up, to talk to newcomers, to um, to be willing to be part of a fellowship because I'd been so insulated from the world. But talking to newcomers, talking with each other, life did take on new meaning and it was a gradual thing. And that's how this works, the connection, the connectivity that we have with e with each other. And e being able to watch somebody else go through it at the same time that I'm going through it just puts this huge spotlight on the whole thing. This is really working, and it's working because we're doing it together. 
and our higher, my higher power is the umbrella that's over the whole, whole package. But here I am underneath this umbrella with a whole bunch of folks that are doing the very same thing I'm doing, and I get a chance to see other people experience that miracle also, and that reinforces it. It goes around and around and around. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Robin. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Well, this is Janice, and I am the Recovered Compulsive. Oh, um, I'll share and then you, Sarah, if that's okay. okay. That's fine. I... <laughs> All right. It says, life will take on new meaning. Well, life will take on new meaning for me, for me. You know, perhaps for the people around me and the people that I help, thank you, God, it will also happen for them. But life took on new meaning for me, for me. You know, to watch people recover, to see them help others, to watch those people around me, to see the light begin shining in their eyes, to watch them have this spiritual experience as well, and then to watch them help still others. You know, that was a bright spot in my life. That gave my life new meaning. You know, it was an experience that I began to see was such a wonderful thing for me, for me, you know, it, it, this program, when I need a bright spot, when I need a bright spot, and let me tell you, days will come, if you're anything like me, when you need a bright spot, when life and all of its experiences seem overwhelming some days, there's nothing like the fellowship and watching what happens as people reach out and help others. You know, it sets me on my feet once again. It helps me to believe once again that this is possible. You know, but it doesn't happen with just the fellowship. If I depend on only the fellowship and only other people, I'm missing the boat. I'm missing the boat because the whole power behind carrying this message is the spiritual awakening. It's the spiritual awakening. And I think they're reminding us of that. You know, they're reminding us us of that, of what happens when we carry this message, that we've had a personality change, that we've worked these steps, that the barriers between us and the God of our understanding have been torn down. You know, and what's happened as a result of that is this program of action where I can give back what was so generously given to me. And with that, I'll pass. And now, I, and go ahead, Sarah. Just quickly, I just want to say that when I was working with my sponsor, when I first was doing this, and I was it just and I was so miserable and I was so in pain, and here I had this person leading me down a path that knew that who knew what was going to be on the other side, who knew that spending those hours working with me to um, redefine my thinking to um, to help me confront the truth that I couldn't see and had spent so much time with me. And I remember feeling those unbelievable feelings of, of gratitude, like you're, you're helping me. I, I'm, I'm so on the ground and I'm so, I'm so feeling so hopeless and you're giving me so much hope and you're helping me see light in, in my dark world. And I remember saying, 
how can I repay you? How can I repay you for everything you're giving me? Like you're breathing new life into me. It's like CPR. <laughs> you're giving me CPR. How can I repay you for, for really helping me literally save my life? And my sponsor told me, pay it forward. That's how you'll repay me is by paying it forward. And I couldn't understand, like, you know, what can I possibly do? How can I really thank you? And when you, when you walk the path and you see and you do give away and you do see somebody else um, recreate their lives and recreate their thinking and, um, and, and, and you're able to give what you received, it, is, it really is. It's, it's, that is really the gift. It's the gift, and and now like when you know when they ask me, oh, thank you so much, thank you so much. What can I do for you? Pay it forward, and it's a thread of kindness that weaves a beautiful, beautiful tapestry. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. I think we'll move on to the next paragraph now. Penny C, would you please read that for us? Yes, this is Penny C. again, a recovered compulsive overeater. Perhaps you are not acquainted with any drinkers who want to recover. You can easily find some by asking a few doctors, ministers, priests, or hospitals. They will be only too glad to assist you. Don't start out as an evangelist or reformer. Unfortunately, a lot of prejudice exists. You will be handicapped if you arouse it. Ministers and doctors are competent, and you can learn much from them if you wish. But it happened that because of your own drinking experience, you can be uniquely useful to other alcoholics. So cooperate, never criticize. To be helpful is our only aim. That that whole um, last part of this paragraph that, you know, just cooperate, don't criticize, and just to be helpful and and that's that's the way i've introduced myself and the subject to people that i think may be also compulsive overeaters just tell them a little bit about my experience and and say if i can help please please come and sometimes they do and sometimes they don't and um for the ones that don't I continue to be an example, and I continue to for them. And for the ones that do come back and ask for help, then I can enjoy the 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 um, the realization that yeah, I I have a unique ability to help those people. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Penny. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? This is Kim. Go ahead, Kim. And then Nancy. Okay. Good morning, Janet, again. Oh, you know, I'm so glad that we take this paragraph by paragraph because the teaching in here is so powerful. And if we read this book as a novel and not as a textbook, we miss so much. So that first line, perhaps you are not acquainted with any drinkers who want to recover. And that's huge. That's huge. I mean, obesity is rampant in our country. But it's saying that maybe we're not acquainted with drinkers that want to recover. You know, there's a lot of obesity, but do those people want to recover? 
And the fact is, not everyone who has a weight problem is a compulsive overeater. We were taught that in the doctor's opinion, that there's those moderate drinkers. There are those, those heavy drinkers. I don't believe that every person who is, comes into the room of OA is a compulsive overeater. So it's very important as we carry this message. Is number one, we qualify. What is a compulsive overeater? Does that person have the obsession of the mind? Does that person have the allergy of the body? Educate them so they can make that decision themselves. And then more importantly, do they want to stop? Or do they just want a fellowship where they can come and discuss their problems? Do they just want a place where they can come and get a little respite from the, from the pain of compulsive overeating? Do they really just want a food plan so they can go out and lose weight and they don't care about these steps? So this is very important. Perhaps you are not acquainted with any drinkers who want to recover. Because this program is not for people who need it. This program isn't even for people who want it. This program is for people who do it. And that is what we have to find. We have to find, we have to search out, we have to seek the people who not only need it and want it, but who are willing to do it. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Go ahead, Nancy. Hi, this is Nancy, and I just want to say I am a grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater and addict. And I am here. Um, it's raining outside. It's cold. It's icy. It's freezing. But because of this program, I have a roof over my head. I have food on my table. I have clothes on my back. I'm sitting here nice and cozy with some wonderful people who are on a journey of, of recovery of life, from life and from what things that can happen to us in life. And I thank you all for being here. And um, what jumps out at the paragraph in this is, is the prejudice. That prejudice does exist because, you know, when we discover something like this, I know for myself my own personal experience was I started to do the two-stepping, the first and the twelfth step, and running around to, um, yes, and I can help you with this. And and now that, you know, I've spent so many years in the program and learning and living my life, I do see that a prejudice does exist. We, I have to live with this prejudice. I don't know if anybody else experiences it, but it's in here. It's a, it's a judgment. But what I have realized is I turn it over, and I think of this one therapist who, talk, who works with children who are terminally ill, and she says, I go right to the child, and I ask the child how they are. I don't go to the parents. I don't go to, even though they're suffering too, I go right to the child and ask the child how the child is and where the child is at. And that's how I have chosen to live my life in working the 12 steps. And I turn it over to God, and I say, God, if this is my purpose, you've given me a gift that I can't even put a price tag on. And all of the things that I have in my life are priceless that really work for me, which is my sobriety and my faith and my freedom and my health. And I can, I have to get over the ego problem barrier where it's kind of where I say, oh, my God, this is humiliating. Someone's looking at me and, you know, somebody else in my job may be looking at me and saying, oh, my God, you know, or in my church and saying, oh, she's got to do this to, to, to control whatever, you know, urges she may have or whatever. But the point is, is I have to, instead of going into my ego, which is edging God out, I have to stop and say, God, you created me, you gave me this, and I can go out and help people and save and do your work through this program. And again, I always say as a Catholic, I always say that, you know, Bob and Dr. Bob and Bill Wilson, they could be saints. They could be paid because they go out and they save lives from from their 
from their gift that they were given by God. And I know I'm getting off on a tangent, but right now I'm going to end with this. I need to be strong and to get rid of my ego and to continually practice these principles in my affairs to go out in order to help me. I have to help others, and in order for me to stay sane and to do God's work, I have to help others, and in helping others, I can quietly, softly, um, maybe tap someone on the shoulder, and, you know, what I'm going to have to do is right now, I'm just seeing myself in this situation that I'm in, I'm going to have to start a meeting in my area, because there's no meetings in this area, so with that, I'm going to have to, you know, eat crow in a way, I'm going to have to be ready for people to look around at me and say, oh, Look at this one starting a meeting, an overeater, you know, I mean the prejudice. The, the, but all I can say is anyone with any measure of intelligence understands and does not judge and does not prejudge and will be right there to help. And so with that, I will pass, and I thank you all for being here. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book, on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And Deb W., would you please read that for us? It's my pleasure. Thank you, Janice. Good morning. A vision for you. My name is Deb. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.